Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and an honor to be here, to come and share. Um, it's an amazing season. It's an amazing time. And it's a time where we need to really rise up and get rid of our religion, our boxes, our own doctrines, our imaginations, own imaginations. And it's a time to rise up. In January, first week of January, the Lord said, it and I want you are radical, but I want you to be more radical, a thousand times more radical. Are you prepared to do it? And obviously I said, yes, Lord. And he said, but just remember as well, the persecution will be a thousand times more radical as well. And that is a decision that we as sons of God will have to make right now. There are no more times to play church, to play Jesus, to be religious. It's about the manifestation of Jesus Christ. We're in 2.23. It is a revelation of Jesus. And if we look at the earth currently, we on a daily basis see how the fall of the world is taking place daily. You literally see the chains, especially in the spirit, daily. So God is calling a remnant of sons that will rise up now in power and authority like never before. The earth will, would not have seen a dimension of the revelation of Jesus that's going to take place as from this year. I'm talking about walking in the streets transfigured, being transported, translated. It's going to be where the sun is going to speak something in front of people in the streets, and it's going to come into existence. It's going to manifest. But God is looking for the radical ones. It's time that we stop looking in the natural. It's all about being in the spirit. That is your origin. It's from a spiritual dimension. You're not a natural being, your, your place of living, your place of existence, your place of dwelling, your throne is in the spirit. And that's it. So the word that the Lord gave me for this year and for the season in times, Isaiah 60, everybody knows it. Arise, and I'm reading from the Amplified, from the depression and frustration in which circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life. Arise means to take up your position of authority and rulership on the throne. So what happens now? Instead of living a lifestyle where we want to go to heaven, you are in heaven. I don't know where these religious lot come around and say, let's ascend. Where are you ascending to? Because you already ascended. You're in Christ on the throne. So we need to get our language right as well. Because we're framing things above us and above people that we're putting them in bondage. So arise, take up your position of authority. God gave it to you in Genesis 1 and said, you go and rule, you go and multiply, you go and bear fruit, you fill the earth. Finished. With what? The whole earth will be filled with glory. We are the glory releasers, revelators here on the earth. We're the ones to activate the glory of the Lord here on the earth. And it can only be activated when the earth responds to you. 
when the earth acknowledges you as a king and a priest and the order of Melchizedek, when the earth hears your sound frequency and vibration and realize that, wow, for example, yes, George, son of God, king from God, appointed to rule over the earth. So the earth immediately responds. That's why the earth is growing, crying out for the sons of God to rise up because they are not revealing God. They have not taken up their positions as kings. So they can't acknowledge them as kings. Rise up from your position and shine it means to be radiant with the glory of god for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you when you got saved reborn born from above it means that light has been activated in you what does that mean it's like a switch of a light that came on that what you had before you in the mother's womb jeremiah um 1 verse 4 to 5, before you in the mother's womb, I knew you, I ordained you, I have chosen you, I have set you apart. So what happens when you rise up, stepping into your salvation, being a son of God, everything that was declared upon you before you in the mother's womb are, were activated then. Be the light, for your light has come. What happens now? What you engage, what you behold with your eyes, what you touch, you become. So if you are in Christ and he's the light of the world, what are you then? You see, we became so religious. God is my light and he must come. But you are the light because you're in him. We need to change our mindsets, our way of thinking. And what is amazing is all facets of the character and the nature of Jesus Christ is in the word light. All facets of God is in the world light. His nature, his character, his authority, his wisdom, his life, his love. Because that is who is that light means, if you go in the Hebrew and the Greek, it means life and lightning. So what is God? He's a life-giving spirit. And God declared it upon you and me. We are life-giving spirits. Everything about God's in you. Why do we ask him to come and do everything if he instructed you? You see, we became religious. In Ephesians 1, verse 18 and 19, we all know that's going to fill the eyes of my heart with love. It means enlighten my heart so that everything that are on my scrolls of heaven gets revealed. Enlighten my heart. What? Because you are birthed, you are born out of the womb of the Father, the heart of the Father. So enlighten my heart because when you are born, born from above and saved, your heart and the Father's heart become one. What does it say? Nothing are hidden to the sons of God. So when the heart is enlightened, it means everything of the spiritual realm gets unlocked. Everything of creation, because nothing are hidden. Okay. Light, listen to this. 
We all talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. Science has shown, we all know it if you just read your Bible, that blood is decompressed light. Blood is decompressed light. Adam and Eve were light, then they sinned, they became flesh, and they become blood. Then Jesus came and he gave his blood to us and for us. Then it says um, in Corinthians, clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with light. Now, in the blood of Jesus is his DNA. So when you come in unity with Christ, you step back in your heavenly dimension, spiritual dimension, where he says you are seated in Hebrew, on Mount Zion, in the new Jerusalem, on your throne. So it means you're stepping back and being a light-giving spirit. You become light. So your blood becomes light again. Becomes compressed because that's who God is. He's the fullness and the perfection of light. Now, the DNA of God starts manifesting. What is interesting, interesting light travel in helical waves. It looks exactly as the same strand as DNA. Wow. What happens now? You are the one connecting heaven and earth because the strands of your DNA comes in alignment with the light of your heavenly dimension. It takes on the same character and nature, power and authority and all of heaven as it, and the word comes as we pray, as it is in heaven. It becomes the honor. So you bring your blood and the light of Christ, the DNA of Christ, and the light of the throne of God into union. And what happens now? Now the earth recognizes you as king. The earth responds. It has to respond. Without you even saying a word, because of you being the only ability you've got to become a light-giving spirit is to be reunited with the Father. So what happens now? You release a sound, a frequency, and a vibration that declares that you've been chosen, you've been set apart, you've been ordained, and you've been appointed to reveal Christ on earth, to fill the earth with glory, and to to, to reunite all of creation back into God's original intent to praise and worship him. The earth could not resist you. Nothing in creation can resist you when you step into that dimension. It has to bow its knee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, Jerusalem, and his glory shall be seen on you. Right. It's a declaration of God towards you. When God declares something to you, it's a covenant. Yes. It's a covenant, nothing less than a covenant. Said, Glory will arise upon you. Now let's shift our religion. When? No. The foundation of the world. 
What do we say? What do we say? One day I'm gonna get to that glory. One day. Why not now? It's already given. Yes. You see, we're living a religious lifestyle. We created a processing God, a step one to ten God. I first have to do all these works to become it. But God said, I've given you that. So it's a believing. Do you believe it? Are you expectant where you are right now there to get transfigured? Are you expecting, do you believe it, that's who you are? Because if you don't believe it and if you don't visualize it, you can't become it. A nation shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Listen what God tells you. It says in Isaiah 61, you've been called to the nations. And we prophesied so quickly to some people, and it's only for some. If you are king and all of creation is submitted under your authority, it means nations. So what does God say? When you become, when you take Ownership of what I declared upon you, nations, leaders, kings shall come to you. You become a magnet to all of creation. It comes to you when you walk with God, blessings, favor, honor, abundance comes to you. You don't even have to ask for it. Not at all. It comes to you. Nations shall come to your light. Question to all. When people look at you, when you walk in the shops, when you drive in your car, do they acknowledge the light in you? Remember, wherever God moves, nothing stays the same. Everything gets activated. Everything gets transformed. But if you tell me you're in Christ, so means where you move, everything must be activated and transformed. There's that acknowledgement. But the reality is if you go into your food line or supermarkets, wherever, everybody is supposed to fall to the ground and start praising and looking. Even the food tins and the meat and the shelves and the roots, everything should start praising God. You see, but because we don't know who we are and what declared, God declared upon our lives, we're not stepping at it. We need in the season to be intentional, to release God so that all of creation can acknowledge him. That is your one of your biggest things in the day when you walk, wherever you are in a restaurant, you're sitting there and you wonder and you release the presence of God that everybody has an encounter. That is spreading the gospel. It's not going to people and asking them if they are saved. The gospel is not only that way. The gospel is just being in the presence of God and releasing his presence. So what happens? Wherever you move, the spirit man, even of the lost, acknowledges that sound and gets reminded of the one that they knew before they were in the mother's womb. We need to be intentional in the season. Lift up your eyes round about you and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to you, your sons. Shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried and nursed in their arms. Lift up your eyes. You see? Take up your authority. Look to the heavens. Look from the heavens. Don't look 
in the natural. Remember now, who rules in the natural? Darkness. So what are you going to look at? Lies. You're going to get fear. You're going to get doubt. You're going to lose hope. If you look at the world out there, it's in chaos. So what are you going to do? I need to see what the truth is in heaven. Heaven is the only place where it's perfect truth. I need to trust God in this season. I get it more and more every day. I say, why don't you test me? Why don't you test me? Then you shall see and be radiant, and your heart shall thrill and tremble with joy at the glorious deliverance and be enlarged, because your abundant wealth of the dead sheaves shall be turned to you, into you shall the nations come with their treasures. What does he say? That everything of darkness shall be brought to you and brought into light. God gave us the ability and the privilege to take possession of all of creation. And that's all aspects of life. Everything that's in the world and of the world will be given to you to be transformed as it is in heaven. So the, today you, you'll tell me, yes, I'm a kingdom person. I'm all for the kingdom. And I'm going to do this for the kingdom and that to the kingdom. What is a kingdom person? It's a person whose first intention is to bring everything as it is in heaven. Nothing else. Don't come and tell me, I'm going to build churches, and I'm going to build orphanages, and I'm a kingdom person, and I'm going to take the billions of the world, and I'm going to set up these structures. If it is not your first intention, as it is in heaven, you're not a kingdom person, it's about yourself. That is what we've been instructing, as it is in heaven. We even pray it. So in the season, to rise up and shine. It's an amazing season. I can carry on with that for, for years because rise up and shine is to become that fiery, burning one for God. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 is where Jeremiah declares, and I'm paraphrasing, that he said, I can't keep my mouth away from declaring the name of Jesus anymore. There's fire in my bones. Why in the bones? If you take um, Ezekiel 37, the prophecy was into the bones because that is where the record and the testimony, the DNA of Christ are stored. The fire is in my bones. So it's in the record and the testimony of Yahweh. What is in his blood? What are in your bones? Scrolls. It's in the DNA of Christ, the scrolls of creation. That's what carry you there. So all of you carry the scrolls in your heart because this is the Holy of Holies. This is where you treasure all of creation. And then your bones are filled with all the scrolls of creation. Everything of existence into eternity. So you need to be a fiery one with his final. In 1 Peter 2 verse um, 5, he talks about you are a living stone. Mm 
Some translations, there are other scriptures that declares you are burning ones. So if he's the cornerstone and you are seated in the cornerstone, it means you take on the reflection and the image and the character and the nature of the cornerstone. So you are multiplying the cornerstone where you go. That is, you are building block of the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ. Go and read Revelation. The new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ, because it um, consists of a body, of a company of people. It's not what we do. Go to Jerusalem all with these wedding gowns and nonsense and running in the streets. We brides. You are a building block. You are a living stone, a fiery burning one with at the throne. So I can only be there if the light of God started coming into my bones and I become a fiery burning one. That is where it can only be when Luke 10 verse 27 is part of your life that you stepped and became that scripture of love with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and all your mind, that everything is surrendered to him as first love. Then you become this fiery burning one. Then you become the living stone. What happens now? Now we've got scrolls. So Jesus comes to us and he says in Jeremiah, we've read it 1 verse 5 and everything. Before you were in the mother's womb, I knew you. I chose you. I set you apart. I've called you. The key now is where you need to know where do you come from? You see, most of us live out of an earthly dimension. Where do you come from? You come from heaven. You were there before the foundations of the world. You were a witness of creation. Everything was revealed because God knew when he created man, I'm sending him back to earth to go and help me bring a new earth and a new heaven. I knew you. So you need to know where do I come from? What is my, um, what is my mandate? And you need to realize my existence is from being a spiritual being. What is a spiritual being? Just think about it in the natural. A spiritual being can walk through walls, come through the windows without breaking the glass. A spiritual being travels to many dimensions within seconds. And do you see yourself like that? Do you realize that? Because you need to, you, we need to start thinking what the word says and what God says who you are. Because we live in the natural world. This is in the blink of an eye of your existence. We got caught up in earthly and worldly structures and not what God said. So when I came to earth, when you got born, born from above. You came to earth when you can Ephesians 1, it says that God revealed to you your purpose and your calling before the foundations of the earth. So you came into agreement with it. You discussed it with God. 
What is my calling? And if I said I knew you, it means I've been in relationship with you. So, you came out of heaven to earth out of a relationship with God. That's why he called you his best friend. Out of a relationship. So, why... Do we have this religion systems and things that I first got to go to my room and I've got to repent for 10 minutes and then I've got to speak in tongues for another 10 and then I'm going to try and enter the Holy of Holies. But you come out of a relationship where nothing is hidden. Okay. Let's take it a bit scientific as well. Science has proven where the egg of a woman and the sperm of man comes together, when you got formed, when your soul got formed, when your body got formed, there was a flash of light. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. It means energy was released. God is a energy system. We have to put it that way. So if God's an energy system, what are you? Exactly. So you are bringing transformation and changing things all the time. You are releasing energy. Energy forms things, brings things together, attracts things. So you are energy system. Okay. At the Ark of the Covenant, you've got the two cherubims. Where the wings comes together, it is known that there's a flash of light and lightning coming out. The same what happens when the herb and the sperm and the ovaries becomes the cherubims. What happens when that light, flash of light comes? It is where the light, the light of God comes into you and it gives you full access to all dimensions of the spirit. The windows, the doors and the gates of heaven gets opened up above you as you are released into the womb of the mother. Then already, as a small being, you've got full access to heaven. You see, we think of it as a small thing, but that thing, that small thing's already got a spirit man. That's immaturity. So if Lord says, I knew you before the foundations of the earth, how old are you? You can't tell me how old you are because when did, when was the foundations of the earth there? Not even scientists can prove it. How long before the foundations of the earth did he knew you already? Okay, let's carry on. So what happened now? The doors, the windows were open, and you got entry into the kingdom realm from out of the womb. You have access into the kingdom realm from out of the womb. And God comes through and becomes your light on the mercy seat. He reunites you in the womb on the mercy seat. Mm -hmm. Now the spiritual realm, realm opens up 
and activate the realm of eternity. You see what we are living? We're living in the earthly realm. That's what we've taken on. Instead of knowing, I come out of a realm of eternity. I'm seated in eternity. So I've been called for eternity. My being is an eternal being. You are eternal being. So out of the realm of eternity, there is pure light. It's impossible to have any defiled light in the realm of eternity with Christ. Because in him is the fullness in his light of the knowledge of God. So when you got saved and reborn, you were taken out of the light of the world, which are created light. You became created light. When you entered into the womb, you entered into created light. So what does God come? He comes and takes you into his pure light, which is creative light. And too many of us, are functioning and operating on what was the created life. Mm -hmm. But he gave you the ability. He said, partner with me. You need to participate with me in creating. So what happens? You came from heaven to earth with the fullness and a complete record of the testimony on the earth and the testimony of heaven. So what happens? Of course, didn't the word say we need to bring heaven to earth? So what happens? The testimony of heaven comes with you in the spiritual being into your fleshly being here on the earth. So you've got a record of the earthly and the heavenly dimension. So you need to bring it back into glory. You need to reunite it. So the higher power, your creative light, overshadows your earthly scroll. And bring us back into a heavenly dimension. So you're born out of created light into darkness, created light to bring light again. Mm -hmm. So you're overshadowing created light and you bring it back into the truth of creative light. Now, why do we as Christians battle so much? How many people go for deliverance, go for counseling, and, and I listen to the silly things, they permanently into warfare. That's a state of immaturity. Permanent warfare, there's something wrong with you. Firstly, you're not in intimacy. Secondly, you don't believe and trust God. What you engage you in power Exactly what the devil wants. You're busy in warfare all the time. You're empowering darkness. He keeps you busy and you miss the glory of God. When the mother and father seed came together, your earthly testimony got activated. Your earthly scroll. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks with his heart, so he is. We all know that. What happens when your earthly scroll gets activated? Yes, the, yes, the key. Your mother's got a scroll. Your father's got a scroll. They get put together. It comes into you. 
what your parents thought of you is the record and a testament in yourselves. Mm -hmm. What your parents have spoken upon you, you take on that character, that nature, and that, that personality. How many times have you heard, you are just like your father or you're just like your mother? What happened on? We live out of a scroll that does not belong to us. We live out of our earthly scroll, out of our father's scroll and our mother's scroll, which is against our true identity of our heavenly scroll. What happens? If you work against your true character and nature, you in battle for the rest of your life because you want to overcome. You're immediately going to have a lifestyle of, of, of trying to overcome. You're going to move into religions and systems and steps one to ten. So what happens? I need to step out into the realm of eternity, knowledge of what to do on earth, being Yahweh's image, being the character and the nature of Yahweh, stepping into my heavenly scroll that was the what that was agreed to by God. Remember, God said, everybody is unique. There's something unique in you. You've got your own character, your own nature, your own fingerprints, everything. So if I step and I combine myself with somebody else's scroll, I went against my nature and I put myself in bondage. You shut down the eternal realm. Because your life is actually a lie. Okay. How, how does that happen? Because we have so many times, and in life, if you look at people, and I'm going to give you examples, and some of you that I can see on the screens are sitting in the same position. So many times, we are living from the outside in. How do you respond? Where do you learn? What do you do? Is of a knowledge and everything that we get from the outside. We take on what the world and what people say about us. We come in agreement of what the world thinks. We come into agreement with the lies of the world. Because we live from the outside in. That's not how you've been created. The fullness of Yahweh is in your inside so what do we need to do the revelation of Christ is from the inside out the fullness of Christ is from the inside out so many of you even there are just sitting there listening to teachings and books because can I tell you, you're not in the full relationship of God because God's on the inside out. Nothing are hidden of God. God talks clearly to everybody from the inside. We have not learned how to come into the inside, engage God from the inside out and get the revelation of all the scrolls inside of you to reveal it. That's what you've been called to do. Yeah. And we ask ourselves, why is the church in so much chaos? Because every second person has got his own teaching, his own revelation, the same subject. So which one is the truth? And we've went in so much of our own imagination, especially in the mystical groups now. The teachings that are going on there is sick. 
It's so off against Christ, against creation, against what's in the word. But we take it for granted. Any person just speaks something and everybody's just yay and amen. So we need to live from the inside out. Another scroll functions now. The world, body, and soul wants control. When you live from the outside in, when you have aligned to the scrolls of your mother and father, you are under the scrolls of the earth. What happened? You in war. Your soul and your body are in conflict with Christ. Your soul and your body are in conflict with Christ and fight against Jesus. How do I overcome it, Etienne? What do I need to do? Obviously, first, repent. Secondly, I need to become a living sacrifice. Daily. Romans 12, we all know that. Living sacrifice. Lord, I give you my head. I give you my mind. I give you my thoughts. I give you my plans. I give you my eyes, my ears, my nose, my mouth. And I trade it for yours. I give you my hands and my feet. No more my works. No more my ways where I'm going to walk. Yours. I give you my heart that my mind can be yours as a man thinks of his heart. I give you my heart and I trade it for yours that perfect love can manifest through me. I give you my skin. Clothe me with Jesus Christ, with truth, with light. That I'm not a wolf in sheep clothing anymore. What happens now? The full testimony of your scrolls of eternity get unveiled, unlocked, and they turn around and the eternity gets open. What has been shut down by us living out of an earthly realm and everything gets revealed out of heaven and it will manifest here on earth. So what happens? Your spirit man stands up in perfect life and light. So what happens? It, death, where's your sting? Yes. Death, where's your sting? What happens now? I am creative light again. So what happens? You've got the highest power. You've got the full capacity of what is in Yahweh. The full capacity that what is in Yahweh, oh, Jesus said to you, my fullness is in you. He did not say, I gave you a measure. My fullness. My fullness is in you. So every ability, God is almighty. So what, if, what out of what power do you function? Almighty power. His faith, his wisdom, everything about him, you function out. So what happens? You are above. You're above time, you're above space, you're above sound, you're above speed, you're above everything. You are almighty in everything. So where are you now? Immediately you are seated and you are yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
Nothing are you then? So you've got the ability to go to him before you're in the mother's womb, before the foundations of the earth. You have an ability to see in the next thousand decades. Genesis 1 verse 3, it said, let there be light. God spoke. That same ability is in you now. So may I ask you, what have you spoken into existence today? If you tell me you're living for God and the kingdom, and you want to bring heaven to earth, surely you must have brought things into existence today. You tell me you're a lover of God, you're a lover of heaven. What did you do today? So out of your eternal realm comes creative life. So out of the womb, just move out of created life into cre created life, into creative life. And your nature of the fallen measure of light gets removed. You're not in a fallen measure anymore. You see, we so believe and we keep on telling each other, you're a sinner. Did God say that? Did he say, you set free. You are holy. You are righteous. You see, we take on what the world says. 1 John 1 verse 5, God is light. We are out of the womb and the presence of God carrying the full record of light. You carry the full record of light. That is who you are. With God is there's no darkness. The, the word actually says there's no darkness in Christ. Are you in Christ? How can you be darkness? If a king's son, a prince, does something wrong, does that remove his title as a prince? So why do we remove ourselves? I'm still a prince. Why do we remove ourselves from what God says? You are the fragrance of God. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15. What is fragrance? Fragrance is a vibration picked up by the hair in your nose. Scientifically. Fragrance is a vibration that I picked up from the head. One of your spiritual senses is to smell God. So if you don't exercise your smelling to smell God, how can you be in fragrance? Mm -hmm. Let's take it further. 
When Samuel anointed David, he took out the horn and anointed him. How do we anoint? Take out oil and slap it on and carry on and now you're holy. In the biblical times, the horns were taken, filled with oil. They put a plug of wax in it. That horn was then taken to whom God said. Not who they thought. God said with David. The brothers, it did not work. Samuel said, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. Till he got to David. And, and he what it kept the held the horn above his head. What happens when you become the fragrance of God? It means your vibration, your sound that's in you melts the wax. The blood shoots out, and the oil of anointing comes all over you. You've been brought into the frequency of heaven. That is anointing, not what we are doing. I don't say stop anointing, carry on. It's got power. But that's the reality of what happens with fragrance. The oil comes out and it carries frequencies and vibrations from heaven. A fragrance activates a word. When you smell something, a word comes in your mouth like rose. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, and that activates something inside of you. It activates a picture and it brings in association with you. Mm -hmm. And it triggers normally, it triggers a memory. So, what happens when we become the fragrance of God? We become attractive before God. What happens? He wants to dwell with you. And it all gets birthed out of your heart. Now, you also the song of God. Isaiah 12, verse 2, Ephesians 5, verse 19. He talks about my song, my praise, my worship. According. So your song is what your DNA releases. Do you realize it's been measured? Your DNA releases a song. It's like a symphony that plays. You must listen to it. It's absolute amazing. Your song is activated by the meditation and the thoughts of your heart, the positioning of your heart. Mm -hmm. So your song will be according to your praise and worship. What sound do you release and your intimacy with God? Your song brings everything of your existence into alignment with God. Because it's all about sound, frequency, and, and vibration. Your song can only be in unity with God if it comes out of a place as an offering. Do you offer, when you praise and worship, is it an offering unto God or is it a religious act? Does it come out of a place of surrender and awe and amazement where you come to and say, I give you my best self to my ability. I just want to glorify you. When the song of heaven takes place inside of you and your DNA, 
and the fragrance of God manifests. That means that everything in your heart, your body, your soul, your spirit gets reformed and transformed to the same likeness of Yahweh. That's why praise and worship are so important. It keeps you in the holy of holy. So what happened now? When my song comes into alignment, my fragrance comes to alignment, I move into the scroll, my destiny scroll of heaven, where God said, I must function and empowers me to overcome what you were designed to do. And when you come out of heaven, do you know what you have been designed to do? If you don't know that, you're not in your destiny scroll. You're still busy with the scroll of the earth. You're not busy with your heavenly scroll. You're busy with your earthly scroll. And that's when, when David said, an important thing is where David speaks in um, uh, Psalm 51, 11, Let your spirit not depart from me. When we live in our eternal heavenly scroll, and not from the earthly dimension. It means that you're in full in the fullness in union with heaven, with the Father and everything. Your spirit will never depart. And that gives you the ability to bring the future into the now. Exactly like David did. What did David do? Old Testament prophet, pre-cross era that he lived in. But he lived out of a post-cross dimension, mm. eternal life. So what does it do? It gives you the ability to bring the future into the now. So how many prophecies have you got already? Why are not they not manifesting? You've got the ability to bring them into the now. Yes. To speak them into existence so that they can manifest. So the mysteries on our scroll gets revealed. When we step into that sound, that frequency, the vibration, and the likeness and the fragrance of God, it means your scrolls get enlightened. Nothing are hidden. That's what you function out of every day. And when you function, it means that you release the sound of heaven as a king and all of creation has to submit. Can bring no resistance. Impossible for creation to resist you when you walk in the fullness of Yahweh. It's absolute impossible. Now, how many scrolls have you got? Many. We've got a God that created over 5 trillion galaxies. And each galaxy has got a scroll. Each galaxy is a revelation and a dimension of Christ. So all those scrolls are inside of you. Did he not instruct you to rule? Over what? Everything. So he said nothing are hidden. You were given the scrolls. You've given the, all the scrolls and the mysteries and the secrets of creation of everything. So your scroll gives you the ability on a daily walk to live in the victory you seek. Not to overcome, not to get victory. You are seated in victory. And that is why you need to ask yourself, what was, what did my scroll tell me to do today? 
And did you do it? Mm -hmm. Because every day, if you tell me you're a lover of God and a kingdom person, it means I need to administrate heaven on earth. I need to administrate my kingdom. Hebrews uh, 9 talks about there's inheritance, there's a testament. The testament comes into existence and function when the person has died. Jesus has died for you. The inheritance has been given. What is it? Everything. So you've got to scroll for everything. So what are you doing with it? You'll only take possession of it according to your love for God. The way that you walk, that you rule and reign is according to your love for God. Nothing else. Nothing else. You will get rewarded for what you are on your scroll is woe. Outworking, the outworking of your scroll, not good works. Come on. You're going to get rewarded how you play out your scroll and function and unity, not for your good works. We've come to churches now, and it's, what do we say? Oh, just love and be good. So we became a compromising body of Christ that's got no more truth, no more power. The church has lost its power all over the world because we started manifesting in works. Let's just accept everything and be good. But he says in the word, Matthew 7, 21, my family are those who do the will of my father. And Ephesians, he talks, he said, my family has got free access to my house. So if you function in your scroll, that's the will of the Father. You will have free access in his house, in his palace. You will rule and reign with him. Nowhere does it stand. Your good works makes you my family. Because good works, 99% of the time, comes out of your soul. It's to do with you. You want to pacify yourself and you want to embrace people. Yeah. That's the reality. That's the reality. And a lot of times we see it in the body of Christ. We see it in churches, especially those who pass the churches will see it. A lot of times to those, to those that you are good, they're the ones that stab you in the back. Because you did good works. You did not listen to what your scroll is, what the will of the Father is. You'll get it in churches. I, I discussed it at a conference this weekend with some people. Their point all their family as the head of their church. Not to God said, their family and they get backstabbed and everything and hurt. Why? Because they try to be good. They appoint everybody of their friends. Get backstabbed. Because they try and be good. They try and help. God never told them to do it. What's going to happen? 
it's gonna bite you. Mm -hmm. It you lock yourself up, your scrolls, your life, the doors and the gates of heaven shut down on you. Put yourself in bondage. God has revealed him to you, for you in a mother's womb, as he is in heaven. He wants to you to know him beyond the earth, as he is in heaven. Because that's the truth. Fulfill your scroll because that reveals pieces and destiny in your life. Make it your own. Make it your own means take responsibility. Don't, don't come with the stories. I'm waiting on the Lord. We are, everybody is waiting on the Lord. God is not mute. He speaks each and every second. If you're a son of God, you've got free access in heaven all the time. He speaks all the time. Does not ask you to make an appointment and say, come in a year's time, I'll tell you then. You've got everything, you've got all the answers already inside of you. Read your Bible. The church had moved away from the Bible, and we've come with all these excuses. Let me tell you, and the Jews used to believe it. We've rejected everything of the Jews because they believe the Messiah has not come yet. So we took everything and we threw it away. They've got so many mysteries and secrets and power to us and forth. I don't tell you to become a Jew now, please. We're not going to come under the law and religious. But there are so many keys and religious. You know they believe that every word, and I believe it as well as the revelation I received from heaven, from face to face of Jesus, every word, Every letter is a door. It's a pathway yes. of mysteries and secrets and revelation of God of eternity. So how do you read the Bible? Is by engaging those letters, engaging those words, meditating, access all the gates and the pathways, go and investigate, go and see, so that you can be a true king and a revelator of Jesus Christ here on earth. You see, we don't just read word to pacify ourselves. We read word to remind ourselves, to enlighten those scrolls and that knowledge and the understanding of God that's inside of us already. Live out of the revelation of our scrolls. Your scrolls are full of revelation. Everything, the revelation, firstly, of Jesus inside. Perfect revelation, fullness of him. The revelation of creation is inside of it. Be witness of heaven. When we preach, when we're in church, when we walk the street, whatever we do, are you a witness of heaven? And is it a desire of you? 
So when people look at you, they must encounter heaven. Do you realize that? You've got the ability that people will encounter heaven. Bring heaven to earth. So just live out what have you seen. You can only reveal where you live from and what you have seen. What you identify with. So if we don't reveal heaven, it shows us it's a lack of intimacy. Carry on. You see what I believe? We don't really know who we are, where we come from. We don't live it. We live towards it to one day go to heaven. Instead of living out of that dimension that I am as it is in heaven. I am the fullness. I am, as God said, I am his character and his nature. I have his power and authority. I am a creator being. So we're in the season of Acts 3, verse 6. Peter said, I don't give you gold and silver. I give you Jesus. Peter just told the man, lift up and walk. So what happens when we are going to start revealing Jesus, your first love? It means that we're going to be surrounded by miracles, signs and wonders daily. 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 He's wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Who are you? Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Ain't you the same characteristics? <laughs> Come on. We're not going to be religious anymore. And I know I'm offending some of you after what I said early on. Good for you. Go and sort it out with Jesus. No more time for religion in this place. Let's go to Luke 1. I'm going to walk with you through Luke 1. Verse 6. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements. We're talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments of God. So what do they do? They are obedient. Righteousness has been declared upon you. You just need to be obedient to it. You need to manifest it. Verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, bear you a son, and you must call his name John. God is favorable. Your petition was heard. So what happens when we step into our character of obedience, of righteousness, it means that all your prayers get heard. Your petition gets heard. How many of your petitions have not been heard before? Because the question is, are you obedient as you step into your righteousness? A disobedient person, God cannot trust. So what is it? 
repetition as well, your base and equipment John is God's favorable. What, what, what? You will bear fruit. God said you will go and bear fruit, multiply the earth. But what is that? What will come out of your womb? God is favorable. God declares prophetic just in that statement to God through the angel. What you will release will be favorable. Yes. You see, we read the Bible, one dimension, you need to look deeper. That's when you start meditating, engaging those doors. When God starts speaking, said, what you release, what you bear fruit is favorable. Victory, that's favor, means you are seated in victory. And you shall have joy and exultant delight. And many will rejoice over his birth. So what does it mean? You release joy. Joy the Lord your strength. So you're releasing the overcoming, the victorious ability in everybody around you. That is what you are doing. And many will rejoice over his birth. It means that many will rejoice over the fruit that you bear, the seed that you are sowing. So what happened? I've got eternal effect on each and every person and all of creation. What happened? When you will rejoice, it means praise and worship comes into the earth and the earth gets full of glory. Do you see how it snowballs? It's not just, hey, I'm glad of, of, of what you've done here. It means that all of creation comes into alignment and starts celebrating Jesus. That's your effect. And, and for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord. And he must drink no wine, nor stream strong drink. And they will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from the mother's womb. He shall be of great, distinguished, and light in sight of the Lord. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And its smallest form. God will be the controller thing. The seed that you bring, if it's out of your scroll, it will be controlled by the Spirit. Never the said will be controlled by you. Let's ask ourselves, wherever we go, is the manifestation of the people around us in delight and joy. Are we intentional? Are we intentional in doing it? And he will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. Your seed will bring back God into the nations. To the mothers out there and the fathers who's got children, if you step in righteousness and obedience, can have exactly the same effect right now. That word is for you. Doesn't matter where your children are right now, that word you can stand on. Yes. Yeah. So why have we as parents become beggars for our children? Oh, Lord, please, I ask you to come and do this. Please, there is a please that. And we cry and we spend time on our faces crying and lying and everything. 
So you don't trust God. You don't believe what he said. God declared this upon you. And he will himself go, go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the heart of the father to the children. God said he will go before. And the power of Elijah, what did Elijah do? Elijah brought the fire from heaven. Elijah spoke things into existence. Elijah walked in obedience. Elijah walked in power. Why? Because he was obedient to God. Obedience commands a blessing of God. Obedience moves God. He has to come and confirm his word. He'll go ahead. Your seeds will go ahead and turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and incredulous and unpursuable to the wisdom of the upright. Listen to this. The disobedient and credulous and unpursuable to the wisdom of the upright. He'll bring you got ability just out of your righteousness and just out of your faith and belief and obedience to release that presence that your worst enemy, the satanic high priest, will be brought back into righteousness and wisdom of God. Not just wisdom, wisdom of God. Just your presence. Which is the knowledge and the holy love of the will of God in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. God will go before you. And your fruit will bring people back into the right moral state, the wisdom and the truth of Yahweh. Yes. Zechariah said to the angel, By what shall I know and be sure of this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, and I have been sent to talk to you and to bring to you the good news. I want you to listen carefully what he said. We now in the new dispensation after the cross. So what should it be? For example, it should be and Nancy replied, I am Nancy. I stand in the very presence of God and I've been sent to talk to you and to bring you the good news. The revelation of Jesus. If you are seated in heaven. On the throne. In the holy of holies. As the Lord says. It means that you are in the presence of God. That your word is yay and amen. It's power, authority, creativity, rulership. Power. And that you are the revelation of Jesus. So what happens now? Let's say you go to the shop. That has how people are supposed to encounter us as sons of God. No, this girl, this guy, this whoever it is, stands in the presence of God. Because what they speak, in a trace, hits me like lightning. Brings transformation. Makes me aware of God. 
You see, that, that comes out of love. And that must be a daily walk each and every second. Your desire must be that every person sees the good news. Jesus. All the time. All the time. Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak till the day when these things take place. Because you have not believed what I told you, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled and appointed and proper time. What is it? You will be mute. What happens? When we walk in unbelief, disobedience, we mute ourselves. You believe it. Your words and things then have got no power. You give the people no reason to believe it. When you are dis disobedient and we walk in unbelief, we shut down our voices, our power, our authority, our sound, our frequency, our vibration. Now the prophet kept waiting for Zechariah and they wondered at his delaying so long in a second. But when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them. And they clearly perceived they had seen a vision in the sanctuary and that he kept making signs to them. Still, he remained dumb. Your decisions, your actions has got a consequence. Even if you repent, the consequence stays. What I always say, if I commit a murder, I repent, I'm forgiven. But I'm still going to jail. So unbelief, let us walk around the mountain, delays our acceleration in heaven and earth. And when his time of performing priestly functions was ended, he returned to his honor. Now, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she secluded herself entirely, saying, I have hid myself. What happens? She was in such awe and amazement of the gift of bearing fruit for God that she shut her down five months. Five months. In grace. What is grace? Grace, Paul says, it is a privilege and honor that gave, gave, God gave us to represent him. She was so an ornament that she's going to birth fruit that's going to represent God. So when God said, I gave you everything, is exactly what happened to Elizabeth. Are you in a place of grace or amazement for the privilege and honor of what he gave you will bear fruit to represent them? For five months, she secluded herself that she can be in a position to birth it out of creative light. In perfection, in the honor of God, she did not want to be defiled. Are we positioned in grace? Because a grace positioning is a daily position. Grace is what makes you praise and worship in spirit and truth. Thanksgiving. Now in the sixth month, listen to you how God works. In the sixth month after the angel Gabriel was sent from God to town of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a girl never been have been married and a virgin gates to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, descendant of the house of David. 
and the virgin's name was what six month the sixth number of man that is what we are fighting against we're fighting out out of the earthly dimension out of the earth against the earthly nature of six man earthly scrolls that is what most people are doing they're fighting their earthly scrolls and it came to him and said, Hail, O favored one, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed favored of God are you before all other women. When God gave his fullness in you, and he gave you the ability to birth things as it is in heaven, what did he declare upon you? Hail, you favored one. Do you see yourself as the favored one? Do you see yourself as blessed? Hail, you favored one. The Lord is with you. What is it? I will never separate myself from you. It's impossible. Covenant. That's a covenant. You are blessed. Favored of God. Are you before all other before all other women. You are before all other people because all of us, although man is not got wounds, you all got hearts, you birth out of your heart. Blessed are you before all other people. Do people recognize that in you that you are a blessed one? But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind with such greeting might mean and the angel said to do not be afraid mary for you have been found because you have found grace free spontaneous absolute favor and loving kindness from god you see the fear of god comes when grace manifests when you encounter the goodness of it, the loving kindness of it his love his blessing that's when fear of god comes not to be ridiculed and all that type of When love and everything manifests that you want to run, it happened with me the weekend at the conference. I wanted to run off the stage because in one moment, God started walking from out of the spirit towards it, that I wanted to run off the stage. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. I was frozen. I just went. I have times in, in South America, America, Australia, that I ran off stage through the microphone where I ran away, trying to get away from God. Because of his goodness and his love. Right. That you feel you're going to die. Do not be afraid. Never. For you have found grace, kindness of God. And listen, you will become pregnant and you will give birth to a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. You and I will give birth great things as it is in heaven and it shall be recognized coming from Jesus. Mm -hmm. You will be great, eminent, and you will be called the Son of God most humbly. And the Lord God will give him to the throne of his forefather, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his reign, there will be no end. I want to tell you now, there's another declaration. There's another covenant. Out of your reign, there will be no end. Mm -hmm. Out of what you birth, your children even, there will be no end. 
There's a declaration, a blessing upon, I don't care where your children are right now, they're in the jails, if they are drug addicts, whatever they are, they are no end to the rule. If you unrighteous trust and believe and celebrate what God has said, it is done. Yes. And Mary said, to, uh, how can this be since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing offspring, which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. When you got saved and reborn, born from above, the Holy Spirit overshadowed you. And you became the womb of heaven, young man. Oh, the Son of God, the blessing of Yahweh. That is what you birth. It's about intimacy with him. It's about union with him. It's about walking with him and the knowing awareness of God all the time. And listen you, Elizabeth, in the old age also conceived a son. And this is now the six months with her who's called barren. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I'm asking you today, do you believe what we've discussed so far? Do you believe the covenants of God? Do you believe nothing is impossible? When God says nothing, it means nothing. So let's just stir a bit of a religious spirit. And I'm not going to go into detail. Do you believe you can create an angel? Come on. Oh, look the fire upon the edge now. <laughs> Do you believe you can create an angel? Huh? If God said nothing is impossible, what's nothing? What I want to say, you create nothing unless God told you to do it. Don't think you can create angels now and go and run and create your own army. <laughs> but you see how we think. I'm just throwing things out there. If God says nothing is impossible, so you can create an angel then. It's just going to be God needs to breathe in it to have life. Nothing is impossible. Do you believe it? Nothing is impossible. You see, the way we look into situation is it through that nothing is impossible, eye or the eye from the earth, from the natural. You all doctrine students, so we need to be stirred. We need to get rid of our religion because you need to go out there and destroy this religion spirit, religious spirit here on the earth. You are you acknowledge as doctors it means you've got God has given you a ability, authority and a power that's got influence then Mary said behold I am the handman of the Lord let it be done to me 
according to what you have said and the anger left her. What did you say? I take ownership of what you said. I acknowledge it. I align myself with that word. I will manifest it. She never said, I'm waiting on the Lord, what we normally do. She aligned herself. She acknowledged it. She received it. She accepted it. Let it be done. And at that time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a town of Judah. And she went to the house of Zechariah and entering, saluted Elizabeth. Aha. When last did you salute the house or a shop? What does saluted mean? Salute means I'm coming in and I release the blessing of God upon the house, on creation. So what does blessing mean? I release the fullness of the power and the provision of heaven into that person or that house. So that should be a natural thing in you when you enter people's houses, businesses, places you go, is to release the presence of God, is allowing God, you're opening up the gateways, the doors of heaven to manifest in that place. You bring honor, yes. firstly honor to God and then to the house. Yes. And it occurred that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lived in the womb. And Elizabeth was full of joy and controlled by the Holy Spirit. When did she go? In the sixth month. Why? What did Mary do? She went in the sixth month to release the Holy Spirit that Elizabeth and John can step into seven in perfection. She reunited. She gave John and Elizabeth power and victory over six, the nature of man. Yes. Mm -hmm. What happened? And occurred that when Elizabeth, where the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. What happened to John? Got that comes. I want you to think now carefully. Mary, Holy Spirit, angel said, overshadowed her. She received the Spirit to give birth. You and I got saved, reborn, overshadowed by the Spirit. So, what is the effect of us moving around in town in the shops supposed to be like? We are instruments of baptism. Yes. We've got the power and the authority to release God into people. You are the carrier with the greatest gifts of all the Holy Spirit. And we've been given the authority to release him into people. Mm. And there was a say, and, and, and Elizabeth was controlled by the Spirit. Not just a touch of God. She released her in the fullness of the dimension which we all desire. Holy Spirit controlled me. As John 5, where Jesus said, I can do nothing of my own accord. 
Do you see the ability we've got by just walking into a place we can take somebody from a sinner, from not being saved, into somebody that becomes John 5, I can do nothing in my own accord. I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit. But you need to be intentional. That is what I believe in this time and season in this year is going to happen. We're going to walk the earth like that. There's no more delay, no more time to play Jesus and be a Christian or be holy or to try and be just play church. It's about the sons of God walking on the earth in the same dimension and measure that Mary had. Do you believe it? Cried out with a loud voice and cried, and then exclaimed, Blessed favorite of God, above all other women are you, and blessed favorite of God, the fruit of your womb. What is that? Immediately, it opened the eyes of Elizabeth. She saw what Mary was carrying. And that is what we need to happen, that all of creation, all other people will look at us and their eyes will be opened where we walk and they'll see the glory that's upon you, what we are carrying with whom we are walking, and they'll declare the name of Jesus. That they'll declare to you, blessed are you, favorite one, and the fruit you bear in your womb of God. And how have I deserved that this honor should be granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? People should say, I can't believe the favor that the Son of God comes and speaks to me, enters my shop, enters my house, walked with me on the streets. Do you see yourself as a favored one? You see, everything, you need to go and sit and meditate and believe, this is who I am. And not only when you go into your room or your study area to have a quiet time with God, it's a permanent habitation and walk. It's all according to your love. For behold, the instant the sound of a salutation reached my ears, the babe my womb leaped for joy. What happened? John became a powerhouse. The joy of our Lord is strength. He became a victorious person immediately seated in victory in heaven. That's why God would tell him, you go and prepare the way. Yes. You can baptize me. And blessed, happy to envy it is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Mary believed. Do you believe? Do you believe? And come with me and say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe everything Jesus said? about you.
Do you believe what Mary did? You can do it. Do you believe nothing is impossible? Do you believe you are the character, you are the revelation, you are the image and nature of Yahweh? Do you believe nothing is hidden? Do you believe his fullness is inside of you? Do you believe that he has chosen you, set you apart, that you are a king and a priest, that everything belongs to you? Do you believe you can dwell, dwell and walk to him? Do you believe you can reveal him? Do you believe? If you believe, this year will be a pillar in your life that will stand out like never before. This will be probably the greatest foundational year ever in history for the sons of God. It is your choice. Don't wait on anybody else. Make your choice. How are you going to reveal God? It's in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth is as it is in heaven. So be that kingdom person that reveals heaven, that brings the jealousy of God back to the earth, that desire, the passion, the fire of Yahweh. And it will be an eternal, eternal moon. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome. Um, I want to I wanna open up with some prayer and some talk, but um, I wanted to share this picture that I did to cover the book, You Are Light and Life. And the Lord was showing me that, that where you go, you create. Everywhere you go, you're creating. That we're going to be walking into deserts, but we're going to turn deserts into creation because of, what, because of the light we carry. Yeah. But now I, I get it to a different degree. So this has been awesome. And uh, yeah, I'll share. So this has been awesome because it, you brought it to a totally different, uh, a different place. Um, let, let's open that up with some questions here because I mean everything you talk about with vibrations and about Hebrews three. You didn't say that, but do we believe? And it is uh, unbelief. Yeah. So let, let us all confess our unbelief. Lord, forgive us. Amen. In every area, in every way. Um, but let's let's go ahead and open it up for some comments and questions. Anybody, uh, Carolyn, do you have a comment or before you go? No, that was wonderful. That was very revelatory. And I think it stretched us all a great deal. I think the thing I'm fascinated with is the prospect of actually getting this revelation. I don't have it, but 
I think hearing it today and hearing it again and again, asking Holy Spirit for the revelation, there's an anticipation and an excitement in me, but I'm not going to lie. I, I don't have this revelation yet. Go and sit with it, meditate on it. You've got it. It's just going to be enlightened. You've got it. You've got it. Oh, Joe, you have a comment. Hello. Hello, we can hear you. Okay, great. Uh, Dr. Bloom, God richly bless you for sharing with us. I'm so inspired. I'm so lifted. I just don't know. I feel more than a superman. I'm so, so grateful to be part of tonight's, <laughs> tonight's meeting. And I got richly blessed, Dr. Blue. We are grateful. Please, I want to find out, uh, do you have uh, an opportunity whereby people can have a hands-on, you know, practical experience in ministry with you, let's say a week or two, joining you in outreach, you know, to see how you do some of the things you've been saying, the sound, the frequency, the vibrations, you know, is there any opportunity like that whereby someone can be with you and learn practically from the things you've been sharing? Thank you. I got it. Thank you so, so much. Um, I do a lot of, uh, I travel the world a lot and I do leadership training. I do crusades. I do conferences a lot. And sometimes I'll start um, Zoom sessions, especially with my spiritual children that I, I teach personally and things, but I go to nations as well, um, all over the world, and I do special training and let people walk. And sometimes my spiritual children travel with me the world because that is where you learn, when you practically do things. But I'm, and Nancy's going to laugh, she loves it. Um, <laughs> I'm busy writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> Books that will hopefully be out soon. It reminded me of a recent speaker I heard who, who said, nothing is impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all open to do schools and, and, and sessions. I do a lot. I actually do a lot of, lot of training to groups all over the world, Australia, New Zealand, Africa, South America, um, yeah, all over. I've got groups that are, that ask me, and I do assigned teachings per month with them. Maybe we should have some assigned teachings if you have time and energy mm -hmm. uh, with with our school. So you just pray about that. That'd yeah, we can we can do, but then it must be a regular like yeah, a setting. That's my thing. It must yeah. be set and with themes. What do they want? Yeah, what yeah. Maybe we could we could come up with that because I think there's a everybody. We the really hunger is here. Yeah, we need that. Um, and I, I know they could just suck you dry, but Norma, I'm hoping I can formulate this correctly. I, I heard you say, what did my scroll tell me to do today? Sometimes I personally get annoyed when people will say, 
well, God told me to get a drink of Pepsi today instead of a ginger ale. Mm -hmm. Put the blue in. That's religion. Okay. That's religion. Is when we, you see, we can step into a religious spirit when we so want to act and tell people we are so religious, I only do what God is telling me to do. God's going to ask you, do you want a Pepsi or cream soda or lemonade? You're going to what you like. There might be, I've seen, and it happened with me, that the Lord said, I want you this night to walk with the spirit, let's say, of mine. I want you to wear that blue shirt prophetically tonight at this crusade, because just prophetically. That has happened to me. But he's going to make you eat what you want. He's going to make you drink. We, we, we need to watch out for religious but And most people do it because about themselves. I'm so in God's will. I only do what he says. He's not going to tell you, hey, you drink water or you're only allowed to drink water now instead of a Pepsi or It's a partnership, right? I mean, it's a yeah. And I see it you know, every time I remember Bobby Connor saying, um, saying something like, um, I've got Jesus, I wish there were more people like you. And Jesus says, I do too. Yeah. And the Lord was showing me. You know, Nancy, I want to work through your personality. Mm -hmm. It's not you're just, you know, it's together. And I it's like being married to somebody, right? It's just you enjoy that yeah. relationship. Yeah. It's not control. No. It's not control. Yeah. True. You see, it's a friendship. Yeah. How do you act with your friends? You see, we come really suddenly I'm now with God. Now I've got to be different. No. It's a friendship. How do you act if he says, I'm your best friend? How do you react in front of your friends? Same with God. Um, Kojo says, Dr. Bloom, when, when are you going to come to Ghana? <laughs> I'm coming there later this year. I'll go to Ghana nearly every year. Love Ghana. You ask my wife here. Ghana and it's probably my favorite place to go to on the earth. Oh, where? We got two, two I go to... Um, NG, I go to Tokarari, I go to, um, what's the other place now? They're close to the ocean. Oh. Where my, my contact there where I go to normally is um, Charles, uh, what's his surname? Pastor Charles. He's, he's one of the district leaders of the Assemblies of God. We're actually busy um, building a church in Ghana now as well with him. Awesome. Well, so we got Catherine, Jake, Reddy Cop in Accra. I believe that um, Kojo's in Accra too, somewhere. Oh, we just, the we just lost them. We just lost them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Accra as well. Okay. Okay, so maybe we can get that information in Kojo mm -hmm. and then yeah. Reddy Cops can catch up. Yeah, we can, we can connect. We can go to Kojo as well. And so, um, Claire, you have. Oh, go ahead, Kojo. Go ahead. I'm so glad that Dr. Bloom to hear that you really love Ghana. And today is our Independence Day, you know. So we'll be glad to have you this year. I just can't wait to, you know, meet you in Ghana. So please, I, I yeah. believe Nancy will give me the shadow when you are coming. And I'll be glad to meet you. God bless you. Yeah, let, thank you so much, Goza. Yeah, I'll let um, Nancy and George connect me, give me details, connect us. Yeah, I love Ghana. We've done so many crusades. The miracles, the power of God, we've seen everything at the blind sea, the people raising up of the wheelchairs, the lame, right. legs growing, ears growing, blind sea, deliverances by the thousands. Unbelievable. Love Ghana. 
Let's go. Yeah. Why not? Clary, go ahead. You got a comment or question? They're in, and Kuzan from um, Latvia. They're from South Africa. You're muted, dear. Unmute. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate sharing on the prophetic. Um, what you shared tonight, uh, it's very revelatory, but it's difficult to share with everybody this kind of revelation, especially when it's not always scriptural based. As there's a fivefold ministry, and many times when sharing prophetic uh, insight, um, what God is showing or, or showing future or anything like in that line, it's really hard for some people to take this, especially when you work internationally. I know you move internationally, but for some people daily, they will just tell you uh, this is for, for them. What they do daily is bringing souls in for Jesus because evangelists focus on souls mostly and um, bringing in people for Jesus. For how would you uh, describe what you were saying now to people, say the fivefold ministry that is so different? Because yeah. I've said sometimes something and I, I have to be very cautious and have <laughs> wisdom from the Holy Spirit how to say, because what you said tonight. It's really great and it's in, it flows with the spirit, but there is a, a big variety of different callings out there and different fulfillments in Christ in their callings and stepping into yeah. that. And I think it's yeah. very um, prophetic is good, but it's also, um, I think, not for all the body of Christ, especially when it comes to baby Christians. Um, you also have to give a solid foundation in the word of God. It's not really yeah. for me about um, uh, just, uh, can I say, religion. This is a very dangerous line to walk on, to say, uh, to walk in religion. Because some of those babies out there doesn't understand these words or these concepts or the way um, people in maturity sometimes speak. And I understand because we're all prophetic here and we all listen and we know this is good for us to walk in the revelatory. But I think there must be uh, a way to say it to, to younger Christians in, in what you just shared tonight. Is there any way that you can say? Okay, let me answer that. Let me answer that. Let me answer that. I share it because you guys are at doctorate level, supposed to know all these things. Mm. All these things. So I've got a church. All these things I can't release in the church as you've got newborns, one that just been saved, and you've got mature people. So you need to have the discernment. What do you release? What not? Everything I've said is publicly. I can prove it to you out of the Bible. Yeah, There's nothing about what I said that's unbiblical. So the fivefold ministry, what does the word say? Is there... Until maturity, until. because you're supposed to be mature. It means you need to move, go and read your Bible. It says until Hebrews maturity. Hebrews, Hebrews 6. Yes. So what happens? I, the church need to equip the people into who they are. You see what we need to do? The churches are not equipping the people in the character and the nature, their identities. We're busy playing church. We're all giving Let's say a prophetic thing. 
or just evangelistic. We're not telling the people who are leasing, if you're a son of God in the fullness, in maturity, you're supposed to function in everything because it says until maturity. Hebrew 8 says there will come a time and a place where it won't even be necessary to teach. It means that we all step into maturity. I'm sending, I'm sharing this. I share at smaller groups. I share it with the doctor because I would think people that on doctor would be on this level to receive, to go and sit and meditate. The thing is to see, have the discernment with what group am I working? And with you feed that group, it's a church's responsibility to reveal the truth and to bring the people up into maturity. So what needs to happen? Every leader, every person that comes to your church, they're calling their purpose, their identity needs to be identified. Mm -hmm. And they need to be equipped according to that to be brought to maturity. If you're not going to move into maturity and you're calling your purpose identity, you'll never walk in the maturity of God. So what happens now? When you walk into your calling purpose and destiny and you're getting um, taught on that and you Come to maturity, Matthew 6.33 manifests as well, where it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and the rest will be added. The same principle is, if I first walk in my calling, my purpose, my destiny, then whatever somebody else has that I have not done will be added to me. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's you see the same, but, but I, I, I agree with you, Clarine, that you can't just... Throw, you, you'll confuse people totally. You can't let these things. But the thing is to work with each and every person. Who are they? Who do, what does God say? Who are they? Work with their identities. Bring them to bring them to that belief. And then train them in the fivefold. Very important. Very important. They need. But a son of God walks in all. And that is why it's important for the leaders to make sure. Do I walk in the fivefold? You see, we, we've kept ourselves... By, by giving titles and to say, I'm a prophet, you're an apostle. So is God only a prophet or is he only apostle? If he said, my fullness is in you, it is all five. So we need to equip. The, the problem is the church does not equip and release people. Yeah. The church became a place of socializing. Mm. comfort and our duty as a leader all of us our duty is to make sure i have brought people up to maturity to step into the image and nature and the character of god that should be such a desire in your life and that's why we need to make sure we are ahead because we the forerunners we open up the pathways so i i hear what you're saying but let's let's have the sermon and start equipping that's why it's so important for long-term discipleship because yeah. it takes time. Yeah, you know, somebody can hear this part and this part. You know, they see in part, but they need to have a Holy yeah. Spirit systematic way yeah. of growing in discipleship. Right. And that takes time, and that's what our school. Right, is. that's yeah. that's why I'm asking it because we do have to walk in reconciliation and in the grace and the love of God. So the focus point is love the Father, love love God first, and love your neighbor second. So I think that the focus point on different ministries is different. And okay, I feel like God calls... Love yeah, the Father, love yourself, love your neighbor, and everything means... Right. What means is I want to give them truth. Yeah. Because truth and love can never be separated. So what does it mean? We don't put everything in boxes. 
Don't put it in boxes and try and cut it down. Love means the fullness of the revelation of Jesus Christ. You must love. If you don't do something out of love, it won't bear fruit. Right. It won't multiply. But uh, don't put it all about the fullness of your God declared. My fullness is in you. So how are you going to you do it out of love? And love means you can't wait. Let your neighbor, the person next to you, the congregation, walk in full maturity and unity with Christ. Right. So we want to see unity as a body of Christ as well, because that's one of the focus points for, for today as well, for the church, for the body yeah. of the church. So when you got saved and reborn, you got reunited in Christ. You brought into unity. Right. But still, we have to keep in unity. Yes, and you can only keep in unity. You can only keep in unity if you do the will of the Father. And what's right. the will of the Father? You said you and I need to be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's his will. Mm -hmm. right. Not but only a part, not only a dimension, it's a fullness. I, I do appreciate your comment. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, I think it, it makes sense. But this is a perspective I have, which is what is, you know, common where I come from. Uh, so when one gets born again uh, into the family of God, essentially the church then puts them in a foundational class. Yes. You know, where they are taught the elementary, elementary principles of the oracles of God. Uh, the Bible talks about that in Hebrews chapter 5 when it talks about that we keep depending on milk and yeah. we, we ought to be at a point where we mature and grow. Yeah, is 40. Yeah, so so we teach them those elementary principles of the oracles of God, which is repentance from dead works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you teach them about faith in God. Yeah. Towards God, and then you teach them about the, the about eternal judgment. Okay. Then you teach them about all these things so that they they can be grounded, learning the basic things that Jesus expects us to learn. And so once they graduate from that point, and then they begin to chew what we call uh, strong meat, yeah, you know? Sure. So they go away from, from, from uh, milk. They begin to eat uh, strong meat. And that involves, it's a more, more commitment, more dedication, uh, the stronger issues of, of, of our relationship with God, talking about, um, you, you know, walking that level of love that we're talking about is not the, uh, the the you know the superficial love that the world is teaching us how to love people. Now we're talking about imbibing the love of God, having God overshadow you, as as is written in Luke chapter one thirty four to thirty five. I wasn't here when you you yeah. you you read that, but having the Holy Spirit take over our own life and begin to direct us. Should we go here or should yeah. we go there? You yeah. know, being to listen to the Holy Spirit. Hearing the voice of God, I'm moving in that direction. That's where God wants us to be. He doesn't want us to be immature, uh, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, you know what I mean by the cunningness of men. God is uh, interested in developing the church. Foundational classes is important, yeah. teaching us the basic stuff, and then we can grow. Yeah. Um, I want to share this really quick. I know we're not done talking about unity, um, but I really this is this is foundational. This is foundational. Beware, take care. This is Hebrews. This is the New Testament. Be, beware, or brethren, take care, lest there be anyone of you a wicked, unbelieving heart. What? A wicked, that's what you're saying. Repent, unbelieving heart, which refuses to what? 
Plead, trust in, rely on him, leading you to turn away and desert or stand aloof from the living God, the unbelieving heart. That's not just for salvation. No. So that that is huge. And I, I felt a call for repentance, I mean, over little things even, whatever we're not believing yes. for. But the other thing is what unity, what you said, Clarine, I get that. But you know what? There is there uh, a peacemaker and a peace keeper are two different things mm -hmm. a peacekeeper it doesn't it pass everybody it's okay it's okay a peacemaker and i think you are one of these will go through chaos you just go through the chaos whatever to bring that peace in a situation because you want to be the peace with truth in heaven yeah. and i know that's who you are and i think that's what we're talking about it's, it's becoming those peace makers that were willing to walk through the the craziness and sometimes we have to tear down yeah. in order to build up on a new foundation yeah. yeah to bring the peace and i love what you said jen you mentioned a lot do we believe you know jesus said the work of the father is to believe that's our yeah. work is yeah. to believe the way he created us to believe yeah. yeah claren you got more on that anything else more on that on unity you're muted. Now, I totally understand what uh, where it comes from and uh, what Dr. Blom is saying. I totally understand this because I walk in this and this is part of my life for long. I mean, God puts us in a church and when there is, he, he puts us sometimes in a church that's very religious and uh, it's not up to us. The spirit works in each one individually, take him to the next phase. Some people make it to the next phase that God wants. Other people do not because of unbelief and certain things that doesn't fall into place. For me, I understand the maturity, but this is the thing. We are still part of a church that are on different levels. And what right. he was sharing tonight uh, is not something you can share to to different uh, ministries or call it what people on different levels are. Um, I still, for me, it's more important to focus on the unity. And I do believe what he's saying is for those that wants to move uh, into the prophetic and understand the unfolding plan of God in man. But I do know um, that for me, I focus, I think in this time, because I was asking the question, is because we are in Europe now and there's different growth situations and uh, working with different pastors and um, uh, church denominations. This is uh, much more complicated in some sense, but I feel like the spirit is moving in people, growing them in directions where God wants them to be part of this move of God that is coming. And I was just asking, um, is and he was answering the question. He was saying, you don't, you have to discern. Yes, it's true. So I was just listening what he was saying. Thank you. You answered my question. Thank you, Dr. Blom. Anybody else have anything else? I, I kind of feel like, too, that, um, you know, I remember in the 90s when the fire of God was falling around the world. And everybody was catching. And it was the 70s, also the 90s. There was that happening. And um, the, the denominations were getting on the fire. Like it, you, I didn't have to do anything to show up and, and, and you know, glory was falling out. People were getting, things were crazy happening. And I kind of feel like, you know, the Lord just, you know, he moves in. I believe like you were talking about when, when we are 
in our position seated in that place i do believe the lord just moves in and it, he just he does just take over and then things begin to shift and change but our training how do we train those people because they see all that stuff they see that glory they see that happening and then what we do is we give them foundation of what does the word say about that and why does that work like that to me that's i think we're in that place where things are getting ready because we're getting ready where people are we're starting to find out more who we are like that what we care like we carry that and as we make room for god as we stand in like you say awe and amazement of God, then all of a sudden he begins to fill everything up because you walked in the room. I really know that that happens. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just the training time. It's just let me just tell you where he gets that or where we get that. I, I, that's just an opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's to the simple way to look at it is what rejoinders said the Lord told him to do: tell my people who they are. Because people are tired growing up not knowing who they are in yeah. Christ. We have so many people who do not know who they are. And the Bible says, you know, before the foundations of the earth, you know, he was sacrificed. So before we were born, he has written a scroll. So we actually, yeah. so we actually touched on that in the yeah. message yeah. in Charleston. It says that Christians should stop trying to find their purpose, but to recover who they are. That's right. And this is what you're teaching. Amen. Find your scroll. That's because it. if you don't have your scroll, then what are you doing? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why do we spend so much time being a Christian when I don't have my scroll? That's right. So this is the easy way to find out how to have the scroll. Yeah. And That's we talked about the love of God. So for me, this is one of the foundation for me. Because we don't want more Christians growing and just have a congregation and we don't have an army. That's right. Uh, um, Janice, you've got something. That's really good. That's good. Yeah, go ahead, Janice. Um, I will say, I feel like that um, this revelation is... Um, in itself is in some sort of foundational uh, womb growing birthing place. I have a friend in China and we pray together regularly and this hit them, this revelation hit them about, I guess it was a year and a half ago and went like wildfire through them. And then uh, it was, you know, people were watching her pastor on the internet and everything else. Well, he then got arrested and has disappeared since then. But um, I guess what I'm just saying that I thought this revelation is the Lord is bringing this and I'm hearing it coming from all different places. And the Lord is bringing this because he is preparing us. And I feel like that, like you, Dr. Blum, like you're forerunning in it and and again you speaking to us that God is calling people into it and there will be those of us who plow in this and forerun in it and you know and then bringing others along and kind of like Clarine saying when they when they get to that point and I feel like that's part of manifesting this too is what what fullness of God are you being called to manifest where you are and to whom you're with you know, the, the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So in a certain situation, like she's saying, I don't share this with everybody. I told Nancy that, you know, in fact, I told my friend from China, I said, hey, teach me how to say I am God in Chinese. <laughs> and, and I said, because, you know, <laughs> 
because uh, I said, because you you can't go around saying this to everybody. You can't go around saying these things to a lot of the body of Christ. Still, they're just they're not there. But I believe that we are plowing in this and moving ahead in it and the and it's real it's there it's like you say it's biblical it's all there but you know again the, a lot of the body of Christ it, to me it's almost like a slinky sometimes you know part goes forward and then the other comes and so I feel like that that's you know what's happening with some of this and that again who we're ministering to that that the Lord will we're manifesting that part of his fullness we're still doing it but at that point he's giving that to them where they are at then so that they can move further along in it I hope that makes sense but anyways but I appreciate your teaching and and even more that you said tonight it was it was really good especially about um the things about the light and us being light you know that this is also wonderful um I believe that, that the, the birthing part, we are all supposed to be birthing things into existence from heaven. I'm really, with all my heart, I can't even worry about that. I mean, I'm just all about that. Like this is, we're supposed to be doing that. And so I think we just have to, we just have to get with the Lord and, and understand what that is and then allow him to birth those things. And, um, and I feel like it, this is the season. It's not a season for kumbaya. I mean, this, this is first Nancy 111. Okay. This is not a season for sitting around and, and you know, how wonderful, how wonderful. This is a season to, to birth those things into existence and see, see the glory of the Lord take over here, but through each person. I really, this is, this is what I believe. Claire, you had something else. Claire, yeah, something I've else? seen the move of God here in Latvia. Um, as God is sending different people to our church, because our church is very small because it's just starting up. But I met this, uh, I've met three ladies already that uh, have this really, and it lines up what the Lord is showing me for the last uh, time, maybe like year that we are here. And it's just lining up with the day saying too, and it's different things, things that we don't share with other people, but we feel. Um, it's a time that will come um, where God is going to reveal more things. But I, I just as um, Janice was saying, this is not for some people not. And uh, Dr. Blom was already answering that. So I just want to say there is new things coming and the Lord is uh, bringing step-by-step -step people into uh, accepting and uh, renewing their minds according to what these plans is. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is. And then, then as the glory shows up for everybody, I think it gets, there's nothing you can do. It just, it takes over. It's beyond us. And I love it when God does that through, through us, right? The glory of the Lord just being, just being released. I have a comment. Um, thank you always, Jen, for powerful revelation. And we're called to stretch people stretch churches i get invited sometimes even a second time into churches um, but we're called there to, to to bring that revelation of jesus christ to be that sign of wonder that he made us to be and this message certainly stretches us and then how and what 
advice can you give? Because many of these are pastors and shepherds over people, whether small or large, of you know to share this message in in uh, the right atmosphere, using discernment to bring it at the right time, but also to stretch each other and to stretch other leaders that we may be um, allowed by the Lord to minister to to grow their faith of uh, when. Somebody may not hear correctly because everything you said is biblically based. I I know those scriptures that you, you quoted and link things up to line up perfectly. Um, but when somebody says, "Well, are you equating yourself to God, yes. the Creator?" Yes. How do you answer them um, so that they um, remain in the proper order, so to speak? Yes. God comes and he, he created you to reveal him. He comes in Colossians 2 and he says, the fullness of the God at three and one inside of you. So every aspect and its fullness of God inside of you. God is still the one that you honor, glorify the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the highest order. He's everything. You're always going to honor and respect him. But you've got the ability in you to reveal him in all those aspects according to his purpose and his will. Mm -hmm. It's not about yourself. It must always come out of to glorify him. Amen. It's always about your first love, God. Yes. So it's not creating your own I want to say glory and kingship and everything. But God calls you kings and priests and the order of Melchizedek. Go yes. on the earth, reveal me, rule and reign. Yes. So it's all out of the place of humility to honor and glorify. You need to get to that place where you are so hungry to show people the truth of whom God is. Amen. You know what? The reality is Jesus died on the cross so that we got free access into heaven. Why? God so desperate for intimate relationship with you. Why? He wants to reveal your true identity to you. Yes. Face to face, mouth to mouth. And that's a problem. We don't know our true identities because we're not in that relationship. And it's time that the church and the leaders reveal him as it is in heaven. So it's always about God. Yes. Always, him always. First. you never put yourself high. It's always a place of humility. Humility is one of the keys to access heaven. Really, humility is one of the keys of, of real Christ-like leadership. Yep. But not false humility. That that right. was an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this Psalm eighty-two says that um, I said, "You are all God. You are all gods." Yeah. Okay. And then you know the great I am, Janice. You're you are alluding to that because Christ is in me, I am is in me, and therefore, but that's but that's only through relationship with you. It's just relationships. Then first John uh, 4:17. Parents, our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are. That's right. That's it. Yeah. That's first John 4:17. Really? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So that's awesome. But I, George, when you asked that question, the first one that came to my mind, you said, how, what do we tell people to do um, about this message? We have to become the message. So that's right, demonstrate it. Be what God says you. Yeah. Be it, and people will see it. And mm. we need to trust God to fulfill what you have released. Yes. You need to sow the seeds and let yeah. God's work. Correct. I'll leave it.
So it's just interrupt God. Because sometimes we think that because someone is small, maybe he is in the Lord, or maybe they have a baby that really understand what's going on. We we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit got to come in here and begin to educate you. You understand? Yes. You know, and take them to a level we've never seen before. So there's no genuine Holy Spirit. No, let's talk truth with little loss in that I'm going to say. We decide when people are ready to hear what. Your spirit man was in a relationship with God before the foundations of the earth. So your spirit man is in a state of maturity. The soul and the body is not mature. So how can you decide when to release if you don't trust God? That's good. We need to be the thing is to release what he says because what does it say in 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15? If you pray, if you say what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray, it is done. So we need to trust God if he puts us in places to release something above people's heads. He told you to say it. I need to trust him. Yes, to let it bear fruit. You see, we a lot of times we make decisions and we decide what are they supposed to hear because we look in the natural. I, yeah, we look in the natural. We don't listen to God yes. in the spirit. I, I call those anointed broadcasters because what happens is when you release that stuff, you are changing, shifting people in their spirit. They're not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And I declare that today, and I know that that's true. After today, nobody in this class is going to be the same. Amen. Because there was anointed, what I call broadcast success by the Spirit of God that really changed and touched the hearts, and the keys were turned, and things have shifted. Is that right? Huge. Hallelujah. Well, I know we're over time. We have kept this dear man and his beautiful wife for a little bit longer than normal, but this has been an amazing time, hasn't it? Wonderful. So I just thank God. I'm going to go ahead and get this. Um, get this uh, video up to you guys and I'll send this to you as well. And I'm just, I'm very grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful for you coming. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron and Hattie. Yeah, it's been awesome. I was, and I was going to ask Pastor Abel, can you close us out in Paris or can you, do you have a uh, internet? Can you, can you hear us? Yeah. Close us out let, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you once more. And we thank you for your weight. And we thank you for the revelation of your weight. And we thank you that your weight bring us closer to you. And Lord, I thank you that there's a shifting of our thinking through this weight that Dr. Blom has brought. I want to thank you, Lord, that exactly how God operates, it's how we should operate. Help us, Lord, to believe in your way. The book of Proverbs says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Heavenly Father, help us to think according to your will, to think according to how it pleases you. And that's how we can impact our world. 
and bring in the end time harvest, O Lord. We want to thank you for the gifts and the potential that you have put into our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to believe in your word. This afternoon, we had a prayer and you spoke to us about John chapter 14, verse 23. And you said to us, if you but love me, you will keep my command. And me and the Father will come and make a dwelling within your life. What a powerful statement Jesus said. How, how is my life going to be when God come and dwell in me? Father God, I thank you. I bless you. And I glorify you. And I give you all the praise. Thank you for Dr. Blom. And I thank you, Lord, that you have a divine purpose. Why? You gave us this word today. We honor you, bless you, and glorify you, and give you all the praise, my Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bless you all. Thank you. See you next week.